1: Yeah. Welcome
3: to J.L, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you have walked in on a conversation, okay? <laughs> you walked in on a conversation with Roy Wood Jr. Okay, Lion, lay down the stats. Would you lay
5: down the stats? I mean, he's the ultimate black man. Y'all met him. Y'all know he's from Alabama. Y'all know every time you turn on Comedy Central, you'd be like, wait, is the man on Comedy Central? Because he be on, on all kinds of the day. Uh, y'all know the man <laughs> got a big stand-up coming out October 29. Y'all know the man is funny, but he means what he says, and what he says got a lot to do with who we are. And I would say more, but I just want Roy Wood to talk. So, Roy Wood Jr., welcome mm-hmm. to J.L.
2: Welcome. Thank go. you all for having me. I like, and I'm going to be honest, and this isn't even like me like shooting no bullshit at y'all. I appreciate the space that you all have created where I feel like I could be a little comfortable. I could say some ignorant shit. Indeed. We can talk about some real shit as well. Well,
0: yeah. Come on.
2: You know, you know, sometimes you get on these podcasts and they, so, tell us, tell us about
1: you. <laughs> Wait a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How did <I> start for <laughs> you? I understand you were you were a DJ like they pick one line from your bio like I understand so you started in radio right you did radio DJing I'm like no that's not what the fuck it said
5: right? I wish I could see his shoulders <laughs> Girl, I, remember, I forgot to add that to your intro like Roy Wood, the only prank call uh radio guy who actually made it to the limps that would Yo. you. Listen.
2: Yo, you know what they'll do like they'll motherfucker be like, "So I understand you did prank phone calls in 2001 <laughs> and now you're on the Daily Show." Bitch, it's 20 years, 20 years in the
3: Who Who is you talking to? Who is you talking to? Sometimes I do wish I just, you could say that during the interview like, "Who who is you talking to right now?"
2: It's it's so wild, but it's it is a blessing to be able to be on the Daily Show, and Mm -hmm. like I'm thankful that Trevor lets me do some stuff that like speaks to black issues, like because I'm I'm the comedian that's pro black, but you don't realize it till after the show, and I've already said everything to you, word on some on some sneaking in shit, like I don't have I don't have the the charisma of Dick Gregory. And I don't have the gall of Paul Mooney. Wow. To just to just come and uppercut a motherfucker in their mouth out the gate. Like, White folks, stop up. like I can't do that. <laughs> <He> said, Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all felt that bub up. That's that bub up. That's the nuance yes. of, of Negro culture. <laughs> bub
2: up. Yeah, but it's just wild though, because you know, when I started Like, I was, you know, you're 19. You ain't talking about shit. All my jokes was about my roommates eating my food and all of this stuff. And then as I got into my 30s, and then when I had a child, like, you start realizing. I have my son at 38. I'm 42. He's 5. Do the math. And that's when you start realizing, oh, okay, this world is fucked. How do I help fix it? What can I do to contribute to that? And I look back at my parents, you know, and my pops was a civil rights journalist. My dad you know, from the 50s in South African riots and Zimbabwe and Vietnam and Chicago race riots, like all of that shit. My pops was there on the front lines and doing news commentary. And it's wild because I look at my career now and it's like, oh, I'm just doing what he was doing, but I'm just trying to be funny. Like, I at least have the luxury of being able to laugh at some of it because it wasn't funny to him.
3: Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, let me explain something. So, you had Joyce the educator.
2: And you yes. had a father who was uh, a civil rights
3: journalist. What's your dad's name? Uh, Roy Wood, Senior, oh, Morehouse right. College. Come on, of course, on, Jason Roy from the HBCU. Yeah.
2: And my mom is Florida A and M, and she was amongst the first black students to integrate Delta State University in Mississippi as well. So come on, black. She made one white university, black, and then went to another. Sp- that's why they they made me go to family. Like, yo, you want to know some? This some other bra- Jedi mind trick shit that black college parents do. My senior year of high school, these they, they just put a list of black colleges on the fridge. And it was like, pick one of them. <laughs> and
1: there,
2: was, there was no other conversation about what you want to major in. What do you want to? I don't think my parents ever really asked me what I wanted to be when I grow up. Like there was a conversation about an astronaut in middle school. Then my mama saw how much space camp costs. So she taught me out of it.
5: Everybody wanted to go to space camp after watching that <laughs> 80s movie about space camp, Yes, obviously.
2: With the black dude from Avenger the Nerds. <laughs> yes! I don't know his name. LeVar. <laughs> um Lambda Lo- Lamb Lam- 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 Lam-
4: Lam- don't. Lambda. Lambda Lam- you, Yeah.
2: No. Yo. And so that's bad, y'all. I ended up at I ended up at Florida AM, man. That's and you know, that ended up being the right situation for me. But that's kind of where, where it all started. It's just it's wild because I did morning radio. Ricky Smiley, what happened? Ricky Smiley left Birmingham to go to Dallas to start his syndicated joint that he's got today. And I came in behind Rick and I just started co-hosting, interning, buying donuts, whatever, while doing stand-up on the road. Come Mm -hmm. on. And so I just did that. And then I just did stand-up on the road. And just every year you get a chance to skip a level, approve yourself. I believe pretty much in any, whatever the industry is, you get two to three times a year To impress somebody that could help influence you and get you up to the next level. So, all you need to do is nail one or two of those opportunities. And so, you get Mm -hmm. enough TV, and that grows, and it grows, and it grows. And then, next thing you know, you got two-hour specials and a third one on the way.
3: Ew. Gang. But yeah. Gang. But yeah, I
2: did radio. Yeah. yeah. I did radio. <laughs> an inspiration to Sad. all of us radio people. <laughs> just an
5: inspiration.
3: I yeah. love that you were talking about how you, you are, you're 42. We're the same age just for another week, though, because I'll be 43 at the end of the week.
2: But... I'm um, coming up in December.
3: Oh, so you're a little Sagittarius kind of situation. Oh okay. Anyway. Yeah,
2: you can slander us later. I know we ain't I'm shit. married no, to one. Scorpio.
3: I have been married to one for 23 years, sir. So I you know you. got you're... a
2: Sagittarius to accept marriage? Oh, my God.
3: Yes. Because, honey, it's serious. You, it. you do that. <laughs> <Anyway>, i <I'm> close. He's <laughs> up <'Cause I'm> close. <laughs> but you talked about being a father to a little, little. And then how, how that, that part of your journey was you know really important about how you kind of approach your art and tell us about like i want to know a little bit more about just some of the 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 great possibilities around being a father at this point in your life and how that's different from if you had maybe chosen to be a dad earlier on in the process like how how that's does that question,
2: work i think old dads got the wisdom young dads got the time
3: mm.
2: you know we're like i don't I'm not around as much like it's it's high tide low tide right Where like if I'm prepping for an hour there's a four there's a four month run where I'm gone consistently three to four days a week and that shit was cute when he was two and three but now he's five so I'm missing shit Mm -hmm. and I don't want to miss shit so it's about capitalizing on the time we have together so I try to be a lot more intentional when I'm in town to the point where, like, and it's embarrassing to say, but I have to make sure that I'm... Because I'm so default me. Like, you're so default selfish by the time in in your late 30s. Mm. You have a kid. Mm. You have to go, oh, nah. Homie got karate on Thursday. He got tennis on Friday. I'm going to pull up. Because he needs to at least see me there every now and then because I think that helps, you know, a little bit. The thing that I struggle with, though, And this is kind of, I guess, where wisdom comes into play. And I think this is where I'm better than being at a younger, as a younger father, is that you've had time to really evaluate how you were raised
3: Mm.
2: and what was good or bad. Because the first thing that I, at least the first, I can't speak to everybody. Yeah. When I had my, when I had my son, the first thing I did was audit every relationship, every interaction I had with my father. And then after my father, every interaction with grown men after that my dad died when I was 16 in high school so mm. he was one of them cats in the streets a little bit I'll, I'll say that from a work standpoint set a great example from a father's standpoint there were a couple holes so you start figuring out all right well how do I fix that how do I close that hole and make sure that 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 doesn't continue you know Like, it's weird when you're black and you have some level of success where you're essentially the cycle breaker in your family and that shit with no fucking handbook on how to do that shit, dog. Come on. How do you, how do you, how do you fix that? And then it also exposed traumas I didn't even know I had with my pops until I had a kid. Because you don't even realize the, you don't realize the holes that your parents had until you have a kid. And then you're trying to plug those, you're trying to do this, like... It's like, oh, fuck, he wasn't there. He missed that. Well, fuck him. Well, wait a minute. I can't be mad at him right now. I'm with the boy. I got to be happy. Because I'm like, something as simple as playing catch with my son. Mm. I took my son, I don't know if he'll stick with it. He seemed like he hate the shit. But I took him to baseball camp (laughs) over the Mm -hmm. summer. I don't think he's going to stick with this shit. But just the act of playing catch with my son is something I've never experienced, conversely, with my own father. Mm -hmm. And it fucked me up for a second.
5: More Real Talk after the break.
6: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play?
5: Have you also dug into why your father wasn't that way? Did you know your grandfather and what kind of father
2: your grandfather was? No. So let me tell you how COVID was a blessing. I did Finding Your Roots Um.
5: With great, with Gates? last
2: year with old, with old Skip Gates. Oh, you made it. Congratulations. Yes. Because it was COVID and most of the people he wanted was too scared to get on the plane. <laughs> I was like, we got to get some local celebrities. I know I was far down the list. Listen, I'm aware of my star status and I am not at the top of, let's see where he's from. But it's COVID so you got to fuck with me.
4: And they picked the right one. Yes. Perfect
5: timing. I understand you. I understand you in in
3: a way that you don't even know. I
5: understand you deep, deep, deep down to the bone. Yes, she does. (laughs) Yes, she does. P.S. Now I will go back and watch that episode because I don't be
2: watching. (laughs) It it really opened me up to because I only have one living grandparent. I'm closer to my mom's side than my dad's side. I've only met two relatives on my dad's side outside of half siblings. Period. Full stop. In my entire life. Never met grandparents, never met aunts, cousins. None of them don't know them. I get a I get a Facebook message from a wood about once every seven eight years. I'll give them credit; they don't even hit me up for money. Like that's how much I don't talk. To what a, lot a blessing! Of those people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Amen, amen, but, amen."
2: <laughs> but the ones that I know they told me everything they could tell me. And so there was this, so Skip told me this thing. I don't even think it made it in the show, but this is what fucked me up. And this is what like reconstituted everything with me and my father. My father walked with a limp his whole life. He had a hip replacement when he was 13. Mm. So he's walking a girl home from school. This isn't funny, but it's kind of, (laughs) he's walking a girl home from school, like his crush or whatever the fuck. And Let's just say he's a sophomore in high school and one of them seniors with the varsity jackets comes over and pulls my father's girl just straight on some, I just took your chick, nigga, what? What you going to do? Come with me, baby. Get away from that. And she fucking left. She left with another man in front of my dad. My dad's crush walked off with another dude. They go to cross the street and she dropped a book or something. Oh, no, Whatever no, no, it was, no. She dropped something. Oh, no, no, no. And my father, being a gentleman or whatever the fuck, goes out into the street to get her her book to give it back to her, and he gets hit by a car. That bitch. And it shatters his hip. Ugh. Right there. So that right there, what I figure is that is what my father carried with him for the rest of his life. Of and that informed his relationship of and course. his perception of women and his perception of how to treat women. Damn. Of course. That bitch. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So... When you start looking at unpacked trauma, I'm going, "Oh, that motherfucker never went to therapy." I mean, what, okay. what is
5: therapy what, back then?
3: Like, what is therapy to a baby boomer? Truthfully, yeah, like
2: see, what I'm saying nothing. So, so when you look at that, it re it reconstituted a lot of everything. Also, from finding your roots, I learned that my father lost his father when he was 4 years old Ooh. to this day nobody knows how he left and never came home in georgia we already know that's a lynching mm. and yeah this is this is um 19 late 20s early 30s georgia mm.
0: Mm. and Wasn't then he- they
2: moved to chicago so it was never discussed in our family how he died was never discussed who he was was never discussed and so and then i started thinking on the fucking show i go well who the fuck did his mama date after him who were his role models? Who were his examples?
5: Right, right. Who talked to him about love being a man? and
2: all of that? Yeah, and I and I to this day, and I will die never knowing the answer to that question. Mm. So when you find out that type of shit, you got to grade a little bit of it on the curve, and it made it easier for me to go into fatherhood yes. without a chip on my shoulder.
3: Yes, ooh, because ooh, everybody, because at
2: first,
5: it's like black
3: male, year bro. one
2: had a chip. And how how do you deal with being mad at a motherfucker that's been dead since 95? Ain't nothing you can do about that. You know what I mean? So you just got to go fucking be a father.
3: Some people can do that. I love how you discuss this in terms of the generational trauma aspect. And what really stick out to me is when you talked about how sharing a beautiful moment with your child actually is a trigger. For you. Mm. So I think that's a real important piece for parents and just for people in general. How a joyous occasion, if it was absent somehow in your life, that even though you're in the moment, that you can actually be experiencing joy and deep pain at the same time.
2: Jealousy. Ooh,
3: je listen. And
4: and easy, very easy to self-sabotage. Because you're not accustomed <laughs> to the joy. Ooh. It's like, no. how, how dare I be happy?
3: Yeah, My yeah. daddy wasn't happy. You know, But or or my child, Ooh. or how is it fair that my child gets something that I didn't receive? That I didn't get. Oh, I battle yeah. with that with myself.
2: Where people deliberately deny their kids stuff because they didn't get it and they think they turned out fine. Ooh. It's like, no, you turned out okay in spite of it, but maybe don't give them a hug. Like, the thing, mm. my advice to anybody, though, that's, like, dealing with that type of shit, the, what I found most that I enjoy, find the if you got a parent that you got had beef with or still have beef with, figure out the one thing that you enjoyed with them and do that with your child, and then you'll feel connected to your parents in a positive way. So the best experiences I ever had with my father were traveling. I cannot tell you where we were going. I cannot tell you the dust, none of that shit, but in the car, on the train, in the plane, just being in that space. Cause that's when he was the most normal and the most base level. And I got the most regular interaction out of him. That wasn't like tense. I remember the year before he died, I got my learner's permit at 15 and my pops was doing his jazz show and commentary show. But at this point, the cancer was kind of starting to creep up on him. So he's 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 losing strength, but still strong enough to do radio. He was doing a morning news show at Alabama State. So every Saturday morning, I would drive him to Montgomery. Because for me, it was, ooh, I get to drive on the freeway. And for him, it was, ooh, I got a show <laughs> So it was perfect. So every Saturday for, you know, hour up, hour back, we was in the car. And I just remember... I just remember 15 hour car rides to Chicago. Like, I just, those things. Like, my dad, before we moved to Birmingham, my mom and I were still living in Memphis. It's like second grade. And my dad was coming back and forth like every weekend to see us. And he had a fucking CB radio in his car. And he taught me how to talk to truckers. And we would just ride down Highway 78 back to Birmingham and just talk to strangers. On a fucking radio. And I that's thought so it was cool. the coolest, wildest that's fucking so cool. thing. And yeah. that's that's low-key is prank call one point <laughs> Cause you're just fucking talking to strangers that's and true. shit. So yeah. so with my boy, you know, this is a stupid thing to brag about, but I am very proud of it. My son is a gold. Status flyer <laughs> with Delta. Yeah.
5: Wow. He has his own oh, miles. Nice.
2: <laughs> we traveling, dog. Yeah love it. We getting on this train. Nice. We getting on this train. We riding all over New York City. We going to take this ferry and just do loops back and forth to Staten Island with no destination. Like, we taking the Amtrak down south 28 yes. hours in a sleeper car. Because to me, the, he'll, some of that shit he'll remember. Yeah. You might not remember playing catch, but you're going to remember 28 hours on a shaky-ass Amtrak. Yeah. You ain't going to forget that. So those moments...
3: And it's going to balance out those things that... See, every child, I don't care how intentional the parent, every child going to have a gripe. And that 28 yep. hours, that's going to balance out the gripe.
5: Feel me? Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> like,
3: he's going to be a belly <laughs> yep. traveler to everybody. Forgive me. I don't yeah. mean to mama mm-hmm. talk you, but I got a whole 22-year-old, so baby... When he pulled out the, the conversation on the shit I didn't do right, I was like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking to. Who are you talking to?
1: <laughs>
3: you're not talking to me. Uh, is this some mother broad in the room that's your mother? I don't, I don't know who you're talking to.
2: But I love, what's wild is that I've gotten, um, so we don't whip my child. I got whipped until the fifth grade when my mom figured out that psychological punishment is better.
6: Mm-hmm. Than
2: physical, mm-hmm. and so when like I don't know, my son was three or something, and my mama was telling him like, "Don't don't do that, don't do that, boy," and she was like faking like she was gonna hit him. I go, "Mama, we don't even raise hands, we can't even
3: mm-hmm.
2: we don't do that." And then, start walking her through why we thought that and all of that shit, and it was fine. And then one day out the blue, like years later, like like two three years later, my mama just came up to me one day. You okay in spite of what happened between us, right? She thought I wasn't whipping the boy. She thought I wasn't whipping the boy because of some shit that happened to me in the third grade <laughs> shit. I'm like, nah, mama, them assholements was justified. We almost got evicted because I almost burnt down the apartment complex. That, that was. Justified ass whooping. Oh,
5: she probably felt so much better. I just, said, mm. I just said
2: we read some shit and we just want to try something differently. Because the thing about whooping your child, you can always start it. Like if he's fifteen, I can just swing on him. That's but true. Let's see. Let's see what happens without the whoopings and let me, Let's <laughs> see how far we can go with this. Okay. And if he's still wilding then I'll beat your ass because you're still a black man in this country. I like the way that's you do it. I like the way you explained it. So.
3: Yes, I do. Because that's the beauty <laughs> of being 42, having a child. See, you got the wisdom.
4: <laughs> you know, I, I have to say yeah. that the conversations before the spankings were much worse than the actual spankings. Mm-hmm. The, the conversation, like, please beat me yeah.
5: so we can <laughs> get <Yeah. it> over because <laughs> you, yeah. you make
4: me feel like shit. Yeah. I know I was wrong. Please beat me. <laughs> it, 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 I only got a couple. I got about four good ones. And then after that, I was yeah. I, sneakier. I
2: remember them all. I'm like,
5: all the way to 15. I mean, all the way to 15. And she was two feet shorter, just swinging up.
2: Nah, my mom oh, was wow. ice cold with it. My mom would take my Nintendo <laughs> tapes, but leave the Nintendo in my room Ooh, so I could just stare at it. Nice. And it's
5: like, yeah. Yeah, I
3: think nice. yeah, my daddy figured that's that a, out because he's That's an probably... educator for a mother right there. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah.
2: She would take my baseball glove and. She knew that I had the type of coaches where if you show up without your glove, you run the entire practice. You oh. don't get to, you did not bring stuff to play baseball. So you don't get to play baseball. So you're going to run. And so my mama knew if, if she took my glove, I just had to run. That's
5: brilliant. She made other run. people do the work. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So for two
2: hours every day in the Alabama heat from 3.30 p.m. to 5.30 p.m., Ooh. I'm running. Ooh we love your mama I bet you won't do that shit again and she begged beg for, beg <laughs> for a
5: whipping <laughs>
2: she wouldn't give it and she wouldn't give it to me
5: Damn. Damn.
4: that's a wonderful choice
2: Mm-mm. I'm Go gonna ahead, tell Joyce, Coach Logan Joyce, oh I know what dang. to do
4: she
3: hit you with that. Coach Logan she know, oh <laughs> I know what to do with you sir <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yo with black kids man you can't you threaten to tell they coach that's worse than telling their daddy <laughs> I'm learning
5: I had no idea. oh yeah suicides and whatnot. hmm I understand yeah We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back.
6: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
1: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
6: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
1: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
3: know there's a whole lot of implications around black children and discipline, and I think everybody on this call is aware of the ways that we are as a community trying to really work through how yeah. that looks. Now, yeah. I mean, I know I had to do it, but the point yeah. is we know that we're we're having different conversations with ourselves about these kinds of things, but it doesn't mean that everything we learned was wrong. It just means that we're Thank you, Asia. Yeah. we're doing what we're doing with a consideration around things that our parents yes. didn't consider. And we're yeah, giving space. Good. Yeah, we're giving space for things that they didn't give space for, or that they didn't know to give space for. So that's and didn't have time. Right, right. Did not have the time to give space
4: for. Right. Everybody,
5: write that down so you don't keep offending your parents because they're like, "Oh, so everything I taught you that ain't no good no more."
3: <laughs> I was an odd baby. My mom never spanked me. I, I I received maybe one physical interaction with my mother when I was fourteen, and I did deserve oh, wow. it. Mm.
2: But how how did discipline happen in the house? Because I'm sure that wasn't the only
3: Oh, no, that wasn't the only thing. Offense. It wasn't the only whippable offense, but truthfully, my mom literally just talked to me a lot. She had a relationship with us that she was actually berated for. We, we really did have a friendship. She just talked to us a lot. And it wasn't even like a situation where she had to say anything particular to us other than that these are my expectations and like this is how things are going to work around here. Like if you Damn. don't do this, mm-hmm. it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for me. And let me just say this: I tried this with. I have six children. I tried this with my children. It worked with three out of six. Okay. They're numbers. <laughs> it worked with three not out of bad. six. I had to, not bad. Not bad at all. I had to shift and adjust with the other three. So, <laughs> yeah. like I say this again: our parents be on to something. Yeah. It's just a matter of us kind of figuring out what works for our children and giving ourselves, let's say, like a nice little charcuterie plate of things to choose from. Nice in order what right? In order for what we're gonna do to to help them learn and understand consequences.
4: Man, I thought it was charcuterie. Charcuterie, <mug raging> <laughs> charcuterie char- try- char- Zig- plate. Oh, I love that charcuterie. <laughs>
2: <Crystal> charcuterie, so <laughs> good with some wine. I learned from my girl, though, and watching how she interacts with our child, she has far more compassion than me. And I know, like, that's something that I just generally did not receive growing up. And I know, hang on, because I know one of you folks in Birmingham is listening right now, and you're going to take this clip and send it to my mom and snitch and say that I said that my mama didn't fucking love me, and that's not what I'm fucking saying right now. <laughs>
4: The show will what get you I'm in saying. trouble with your mama. Come on. Come
2: on. Yo, I'm when I start there. talking about family on these podcasts, it gets back to my mama. I'm just telling you right now. So I have to be very specific. About... <laughs> my mom showed love through action and providing because she was always working and she was always in grad school or law school or a master's degree. Something that kept her out until 8 p.m. and I was a latchkey. I never felt unloved. With my son, what I notice in watching his interactions with his mama, I see my girl walk in the room with him and hold him, and he's a different child to her than he is to me. So on the nights where I am stern with her, stern with him, I have to do what she does after the fact and kind of come back in. I, <laughs> you won't, you won't watch some. You know, you know how black black mama beaching and go, you want something to eat. Yes. I have to do the equivalent. Which for me at our house, after I've been stern with him and put him in time out and he's cried, I have to come back in his room. I'm like, right, um, you want to watch Monster Truck Racing on the couch? Nice. To make sure yes. that he feels like physical love, like an yeah. embrace of a man. Like, yeah, just, I, I that's I didn't want that. So I don't even know how to do it, but all right, I've watched enough episodes of. Black woke shows. I think I've a, you're a black
5: woke show here. This is us,
4: whatever.
5: Yes, yes. I Amen for black woke shows. And I
2: support black creators. Black creators. <laughs> I'm you sorry. I'm I really didn't say. mean to
5: say that. I really meant to say wrong. Black uh, ish. Just pick an ish and fill it in. Sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to say that.
2: But so it's things like that where I'm trying to do things that I never got. And you're trying to almost, in a way, you're doing your impersonation of what you think a good parent is because it's not your default yeah you know Mm
0: -hmm. but i'm happy
2: to do it like you just you have to put a hat on like it's a job this is the job requirement if i don't want him going around hitting and i also want him to know that it's okay to be in his feelings and feel a certain way like that's the one thing oh my god my girl was great at that shit sure it's okay to feel that way and when you feel better come back in the room and let us and when yeah. you're ready to be around people we get, like it's that shit yeah. where I'm like if you motherfucker if you don't leak wine and get on out of here with that wine <laughs> that's my oh, default my God. default is get the fuck on out of here with that wine hey. where she goes go away and feel that it's okay and you can return when you don't feel that way uh, yeah wow, wow and is, it's two different ways of,
3: I love it I it's beautiful
5: They it. have the combination in the parent unit I'm so glad that and you're but saying
3: But the
4: gag this. is the approach is one thing the shit still could go left. Um, it, oh, later in I'm life saying? you mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like Aja was saying earlier like, all the things that we're attempting to do with our children and trying to be better people you know, being wokety, you know, mm-hmm. or, or attempting to be mm-hmm. you know, like the shit could still go left. It's <laughs> Like yeah. everybody's gonna need therapy. Period. It, it could, but at the <laughs> same time,
5: look at well, you us, know. But life,
3: life goes left, right?
5: You know, I'm what I mean? in therapy. Yeah, yeah.
3: like you can't. But you're still us. a good daughter.
5: <laughs> but you're still a good daughter.
3: Sometimes.
4: Mm. That's okay too. Sometimes, mm. you know, I'm, I still, you know, I still struggle with some things. Yeah. And, you know, like I told you guys, like my mom really stopped working it when I was 14, and it forced me to be an adult. It forced me to go to work and pay bills and figure stuff out. And that I I that's why probably why I work so much. Uh-huh. Probably why I have so many jobs. But what I the difference I'll say with my kid is that I realize how important our quality time is and how it's the little stuff, it's the walks, it's the you know, it's it's playing records in, in the library and you know, talking about music because that's what he loves to do, you know. So Going places okay. that he wants to go. That, that's, you know, it's so, all a balancing act. Really, really.
2: So let me ask you a question since you're further down the parenting assembly line than me. I have a similar outlook on work. So my father, in times where my parents were arguing about money, I chose to work because I didn't want to be the child to bug them for $10 for
1: mm-hmm.
2: the field trip or the $30 for the Nintendo tape or whatever. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. so I started working at 14. I would rake yards around the neighborhood, $10 front yard, 15 front and back. Oh. And then that rolled into selling sodas at, at Alabama games and Baskin Robbins and Subway. And I worked at like just always two jobs while still going to class. And to the point where my mom would kind of give me a little bit of ease on being a C student. Then when my pops died, my senior, my dad was one of them. Now, my, my daddy was so black, he didn't pay taxes because the black man didn't have a right to vote that was going to expire or whatever, whatever.
5: Right. It the wasn't a law. That. It was a bill.
2: So my daddy said, until it's a law, yes. I'm not paying taxes. Yes. So when my daddy died, the IRS said, mm. nigga, we're going to need this house. <laughs> and we're going to need to get all them cars yeah. about you Whew. right quick. Get oh. them cars about you. So... I had to work to help my mom keep the lights on my senior year. So, when I started doing stand up, I knew what it was like. Like, being broke didn't scare me anymore because I'd been without and I knew how to hustle. So, that was always the constant thing. Like, even now to this day, when the pandemic hit, yeah, I'm on the Daily Show, but oh shit, you telling me there's a world out there where comedy clubs could be no longer exist? I bet. I'm going to get this hour special together. I'm going to start two fucking podcasts. I'm going to fucking sell two shows. I'm going to write that. Wow. Like my brain just started fucking going, dog. Mm-hmm. And now I have this child and I have to decide how do you teach it? Because the thing that you can't teach my, and I got to give credit to my homie Tommy John for this. How do you teach poverty oh. to a child that doesn't grow up in it? How do you give them that hunger? Because I don't know if I want my kids to work, but I know that part of my values and part of my character came from working. It's also the only time you get to be around adults who don't have governance over you. <laughs> so you get to interact with with grown folk and really see how the world... Like, I really think everybody should work in a restaurant at some point. You're 17, you're working with 38-year-old men
3: yeah.
2: and veterans and old people. It's just every huh. possible type of person you'll meet in this world comes through a restaurant. True. And so I don't know how to put that in my boy without it being something that feels forced or whatever. Like, you know, I, how do you teach them the value of work but not want them to become a workaholic?
4: I can give you this one perspective. I'm sure Aja has six. Uh, but I can give you this one. I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned this on the podcast at least once before, But I think it's a really good choice to use your fuse box. That's exactly what it is. To use that when you're going to leave and your son knows that you're going to leave and he doesn't want you to, you're going to have to make a hard choice and don't leave. I know. Don't leave, but turn that fuse box off. Everything except your refrigerator because you don't want your food to go bad. And spend the day with no electricity whatsoever. And when it's time to eat, you eat cold sandwiches. When it's time to watch a movie, you get all ready for it, but the TV doesn't work. If he wants to play a a video game or something, so get all ready for it, but but it doesn't come on. By the time the the end of the night was up and it was candles everywhere, my son, you know, he said, Mommy, we can't, the pool is cold, the the TV doesn't work, (laughs) we we ate sandwiches for dinner, you know, why, why can't we do the stuff that we like to do? I said, when well, mommy doesn't work, I can't pay for electricity. I like that too. Ooh. When you make it tangible for them, they can understand right. that one thing begets another. And when I work, I can buy you clothes, I can buy you shoes, I can take you to the places, I can do the things. When I don't, I can't. It made it really tangible for him and he asked me to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> can you go to work tomorrow, mommy? <laughs> Yes, I can.
2: <laughs>
4: yes, I can. So, do
2: you would you want him to work if he came home and said I had a job? Yes. No, Jill.
4: We—that's a whole conversation because we we talk about poo putts. Yeah, and that is that is like a, a great fear for I th- I think for a lot of black women, black a mothers. That you do... Man, that you do not want your ch- child. Your, your son to grow up to, to be a poop put living yeah. on a, you know, sleeping in the basement, talking about can his girl spend the night, you know, come on, can I borrowed the car? All that shit. You don't want that. You want somebody <laughs> who, you know, we're so- supposed to raise these people so they could fly, you know, and be self-sufficient. Yeah. And have a desire for something that can afford them the kind of lifestyle that they want to have. So wait, and most most of us want electricity. That's true.
5: Yeah, I mean, I am saying. (laughs) So Asia, can you answer? I'm curious because there's a part of Roy's question about not becoming a workaholic. So how do you? Because because Jill, you got the beginning of the the question, but then the other part, Mm -hmm. like the workaholic part, how do you do that?
3: Well, I mean, if you really want me to be honest, I mean, my kids, my kids experienced that light situation and it wasn't a joke. So, you know, not not specifically the lights, but like when certain things couldn't happen because because there was a big recession that happened before, before, right before Obama Mm -hmm. came into office, we did not work for four months and I was pregnant. At the time. So there was a lot of, we can't do that. This can't happen. Because mom and dad would typically be on the road and we're not. So certain things that would happen, those things couldn't happen. So my older children experienced that in real time what it's like to have parents in the entertainment industry, but also understand that that's a real job. And that that job is not just because you see your parents on TV or you see X, Y, Z doesn't mean that they don't have bills or they don't have like a real life that's supported by real actual actions work work. And so they experienced that early on. And so you see the difference in my younger children, as opposed to my older children, all my older children worked in high school. All of them worked. They all had jobs. My, I have a senior right now who, who works, um, they all understand this because they wanted to get jobs for the very reason you wanted to get a job. It's like my parents have six kids. They have multiple businesses. I don't want to have to come to my parents every time I want to go hang out with my friends or every time I want a pair of sneakers or every time I want something X, Y and Z. Yeah. But what that what, what happens is why communication is so important is that you don't want them deciding the reason in their mind based on your circumstances that you haven't communicated because mm. what that causes mm. is that then they start to believe something that might not really be true. Oh, I don't want to bother my parents cuz they can't afford it. Well, how the fuck you know I can't afford it? Yeah. I can. I might be able to, but you're 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 creating a pathology in your problem. You know, you're creating something in yourself <laughs> that's not necessary. So that's why the communication between parent and child is so important. And the mm. way that you talk about your professional life and the way you talk about Adulting, even with your young children, so that their perception is not always the perception of a child. So let's keep it real. Things you perceived as a child, you take them into your adulthood. And those are the way you perceive them as an adult. You carry a child's perception into your adulthood. And then it then dictates how you adult.
5: Jesus. So I want
3: my children to understand how to take their child perspective and the reality and, and create something that they can then use to anchor how they live their lives. Well, I have to
4: say that, you know, we talk about this too, that,
3: you know, my kid and I, we grew
4: up in total different ways. So it's important for me, like, I grew up in a, a row home with one bathroom and Jed has never had a house or lived in a house with one bathroom. So I feel like we don't, we can't relate. <laughs> In, in these areas, like you had to, you know, go after Uncle Dave, you know, after he done smelt the joint up, you know, you had to you had to deal with people and, and live with people and be patient and figure out other ways. You know, Grandma had the pee bucket, you know, like you got to make it work. And he doesn't he doesn't relate to me in that way. So it's important for me to say no sometimes. You know, I have to figure out when, you know, when's the right time to say it, but I have to say no sometimes, not because because I can't do it, because you can't have everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's yeah. this real life. You can't yeah. have everything all the time. Dog, uh-uh. And I love you enough to try to prepare you for the nose. What you gonna do? You gonna have a tantrum, you gonna fall out, you gonna be mad. Put your guts up. How you gonna deal with no? no? That's, right. Right. Hey, figure man. out something else, homie. I love you. Yeah. Don't be corny and don't be no damn poop. Poop up. I can't. <laughs> Girl, I can't. Just, let's figure out this poop up. We have to it's still serious. Listen, it's serious for me. Yeah. Like I have to figure out another way. If you want the thing, then here's the job that you have to do in order to get the thing. I'm I'm required to take care of your needs. I'm not required to get all your wants. Ooh, nice. Love Ooh.
5: you. legal with We'll be back after the break.
6: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play?
5: is this the first time we did what's on your heart and we ain't even
3: we ain't even, <laughs> even, even no
4: nope. <laughs> not at all we just pulled <laughs> not it out at all this
5: this whole damn
4: episode is a what's on your heart right now yes. but since we are here and we've been having this awesome conversation roy wood jr what's on your heart
2: i would say the importance of going to therapy i have enjoyed it uh How do you know when you have anxiety or you just don't like being around motherfuckers no more? What's the difference? Mm. (laughs) Jill. The difference in that? Because I'm starting to. And I don't know if it's COVID paranoia or if it's, or if just being locked up for a year just made me not like anything more than 30 people. I just get fucked. And you've been
5: talking a lot. Like, how about this? You've been talking a lot this year. So sometimes you just don't feel like talking on your regular time. Like I don't feel like talking. Two
4: to podcasts, <laughs> right? <laughs>
5: that's a
4: lot. Yeah.
2: Right.
4: Standing yeah. on stage with a microphone, comedy shows. Commentary. Yeah. Right, yeah. right? <laughs>
5: Asia? Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Um
2: Yeah, that's that's been on my heart. I mean, definitely figuring out how to fucking raise this child. Like, I give you something I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to prepare him for the police conduct conversation. You know, he's five. He's five. I think I saw a seven-year-old arrested and a six-year-old was handcuffed in the last year. So I know that that is an inevitable Thing. But for now, what I've tried to do is teach him... Dogs are like people in the sense that they are unpredictable and many are friendly. But if you do it right, you can guess which way their emotions are going. So in teaching him how to read dogs, I'm hopefully teaching him how to move around people that he's unsure of. You know what I mean? All right. Nice. And that goes... You know, it's bigger than the police, but it starts with the police, as far as I'm concerned. But just uh-huh. in terms of, hey man, move slow, no crazy movements, no loud noises. You know, like just any time. Like I, I've been in some weird situations. You know, with when motherfucker with a gun. Sometimes police, sometimes not police, but they had a gun, mm-hmm. and that was enough. for You, you have my undivided attention. Hmm and figuring out how to move safely through those spaces. So that's probably the biggest thing that's on my mind. And if if there's anything that detaches me from moments with him that are pure and in the present, it's knowing how finite they are and just, you know, well, this shit's going to be over with in not two, three years. I mean... And nobody's going to see him as this young, cute kid anymore. They're going to see him as a young shoplifter. So let me mm-hmm. go ahead and prepare. Some of us Like, well, shit, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't touch stuff in the store, dog. And <sighs> it, it, it's like giving him <gasps> the confidence of a king, but also knowing how to move around people who don't see him as such and not losing his confidence. You know, I don't want him to think he's a poop puck but you need to know how to move around motherfuckers. I think you are
4: right.
2: So that, that, that storm constantly festers off the coast of my consciousness. It hasn't reached shore yet, but
3: mm. we I do the best we it. can.
2: I think about it.
3: Well, as a, as a black woman who's had this conversation with both her sons, her 22 year old son, And I have an 11-year-old who just crossed over from that cute being like a fourth. threat. Right, from cute to threat. I will say this, that the conversation that I had with my 11-year-old is very different from the one I had with his brother. My experience with his brother was Trayvon Martin. But my experience with my 11-year-old was Tamir Rice. And so the level of fear and what it is that fueled the conversation with him was just from different circumstances. So with my little one, what I tried to explain to him was this. There are just ways of you just being. You exist. And you're, and you're okay to exist in whatever way you feel that you want to exist. But what you have to understand is that just existing, normal things that you would do, Normal things cry, get upset, misunderstand, do anything that those things can be misconstrued because of the way other people are taught. So Mm. you have to understand there's no way you cannot exist. There's no way you just have to be aware of the way your existence is viewed by other people and how they do things and how they decide to do things. And it's just it's a very unfair Horrible conversation Mm -hmm. That we should never have to have with our Sons or our daughters for that Matter because I had the same conversation With my daughters I want to make that clear That Girls get attacked by police too But that the thing is that Helping them to understand that balance Is really damn near impossible Because this is a toxic situation Your child should not be able to manage it That's That's the fact Your child should not be able to Have to manage this And so the more that they understand it, it's outside of them, I think the better they can handle it. The more that they understand that, yes, there's some things that you could do that might make the situation turn a certain way, but you need to understand this is way outside of you. It's so way outside of you that really you could act 100% perfect and this could still happen. Yep. Yep.
2: Mm. Mm. Ooh. Well... In the meantime, we get to play catch.
4: That right. part. Damn straight. <laughs> and you get to tickle and giggle and laugh <laughs> and be silly yeah. and make grilled cheese sandwiches.
1: Because and are so, a real thing. They're
4: fun. Yeah. Huh? I said, you miss I it, it, You miss it. I miss that him. Age. He's, I miss him. He's like, I, I really, I really fuck with Jet. Like, I really fuck with him. Like, I like that kid. I love him, absolutely. But I like him. He's he's cool. He's dope got to some me. Cool kids. He's, yeah. I think that's that's one of the goals too—to <laughs> to have a kid that you actually like. like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That other people <laughs> that you love like too. You know.
2: Yeah. 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 My it's son the, is considerate. You got a
4: good village, Roy. He's he's
2: he's he's very considerate. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's the other thing that. I think that he has that I didn't have growing up is that, you know, my girl's side, her whole family, these Negroes Zoom call every Sunday. Like this love.
5: Yes. Like
3: 20,
2: Twenty people on a call all the way, but full people in each box. Twenty boxes. Yes. three, four people in each box. And <laughs> oh, you trying, God, trying to everybody. escape and they like, we royal <laughs> we at
5: we're royal. You wanna give him some of this love?
2: You coming off the side. Hey y'all, going <laughs> up. Like I love he the joy. Gets, he gets a level of joy and togetherness that I never experienced. Just because I, you know, my mom's side, we were all close, but everybody was just, just doing other shit, and you didn't have the gift of technology either to bring you together yeah, every yeah. week. You know, we three way just got invented in the eighties. True, <laughs> like he was doing good <laughs> to get four people on a call. So, yeah, he ha- he has a good village. He definitely has a good village, and I'm just. I'm blessed that there's enough people around when I'm not around, because mm-hmm. the challenge yeah. as a parent is how how do you remain present and also provide? You know, and COVID gave us you know the gift of being home a little mm-hmm. more, but you know now it's time to get back out on this road. That's why I'm trying to write more so I don't have to like go out like that, and I don't want to be on the road forty weeks a year.
4: I'll say it again. It's coming back to you, Roy, but I'm, I'm going to tell you because you're here. So I got to share it with you. This Uh-oh. is my belief. I could be wrong, but this is what I truly, truly believe about life. The 20s are for working hard. The 30s are for working smart. The 40s are for working how you want to. The 50s are for working when you want to. Oh. And the 60s are for working if you want to. I think it's a it's a I good like manual that. for existence. I like that, too. I like that. Yeah. I like that goals. Yeah, yeah.
2: goals. Well, 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 I'm definitely getting into how I'm definitely. I was gonna getting say, what's your how. ultimate, so,
5: Roy? Like, what you, what do you, what do you want? And what do you want? What's your ultimate?
2: I don't know, man. I'm driving in fog. I've been driving in fog since ninety. It just seems like Sometimes whatever you want, thin. you can get
5: it. That's all. Yeah. It
2: just, you know, it just seems like I never had plans beyond two to three years. Strategic, you mm-hmm. know, where like I'm just to a point where I feel like I have like a five year like, okay, if I can get this show and this show greenlit, then I can turn that into a studio deal and then I can create more content and get these other people on. But like ideally to build a production house and get more content started. The pipe dream, the pipe dream is a film and television production studio in Birmingham, or maybe Huntsville, but there's so many hurdles There's a lot of political hurdles to getting film and television advanced in the state of Alabama. Hmm. But the only way that's going to happen is if you have good content to be created in that region. And the only people that are going to create content in that region are people that are of that region. And there ain't many people of Alabama that have enough power to get anything greenlit. So whether I want to or not, it's on me cause nobody else is gonna fucking do it. And like, there's a couple of people, like when I, Comedy Central gave me a pilot in 2018, uh, Jefferson County probation, where I played a probation officer, which is loosely based on my situation. When I was 19, I got popped for stealing some credit cards. And so I had a probation officer that was hella, just hella nice in letting me travel and still do stand-up hey. during that time. And that's not the norm.
5: That ain't the norm. Matter
2: of fact, it's not even. At all. It's against the rules, truth be told. So, it was just a show reimagining crime. Like, like when you look at the way crime is portrayed in television, right? To catch the criminal, it's a courtroom show to send the criminal to jail, or it's the criminal in jail. Like those are the three. Mm-hmm. Those are the three aspects of crime there's never any discussion or exploration on restorative justice or what restitution looks like and what that journey is back into society for said criminal. It so I, it's, it's a show that's got some, some layers of, you know, my own wokeity woke, mm-hmm. if you will. But to be able to have shot that in Alabama was a fucking blessing. Like that's a fucking Hail Mary from your own 10 yard line.
6: Mm-hmm. And we got
2: that bitch greenlit, and we got it shot, and we hired again. It ju- it showed me what's possible
6: mm-hmm.
2: in the state of Alabama, and so that that hasn't left my mind.
4: Hmm. Roy Wood Junior. I like to say people whole names. <laughs> friend, I know we just met, but to uh, uh, to me for yeah, man. From 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 my perspective, it it appears. That one thing begets another in your life pretty obviously from your parenting, uh, from your parents and who they were to who you are now, who, how you're trying to raise your son, um, your the jobs that you've created and the jobs that you've had, the the fact that you still have this deep appreciation and respect for where you come from, all of those things, you have to just start seeing it. Go take little trips, look on Zillow all the time, you know, and look at buildings (laughs) that are available or land that's available. uh, Start talking about it more and more. uh, Draw all your ideas out and truly, sincerely, it will come into fruition. That's not a myth. That's not, you know, I'm not trying to sell you a pipe dream. I know I'm smiling, but Uh I smile a lot. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just just saying, I will be very, very happy to visit your studio and hopefully you will give me a job.
3: Thank
2: you. Absolutely. Like, of I could also, also,
5: also use a job.
3: I could also use a job as well. I have six children.
5: <laughs> yes, and I'll just show you some of these TV shows I created to them a production. Let's just go.
4: Yeah.
2: I'm like, we all look. And Adrian Great is oh. an
4: excellent writer as
5: well as Laia <laughs> St Clair. So. Listen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I was going to say, bring them kids on set. We'll put them to work. <laughs>
5: All they it will take sucks. you up on that. They will take <laughs> you up they, on that, role. They it's like a- jobs.
3: <laughs> they like jobs. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what I tried to told you. You got to show them better than that. But <laughs> yeah, funny. man, I, yeah. I really enjoyed this conversation, sir. <laughs> As well, I appreciate y'all. I this was it.
2: this was dope, man. This is this y'all y'all all right, man. It's a good time. See, I <laughs> knew it was gonna be a good time.
4: Friends and family out here in this world, thank you so much for listening to J. L. The podcast. Definitely appreciate you and the opportunity to share stories that spark conversation as well as inspiration. That's our shit. Love you so much. Talk to you later.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Hi. If you have comments on something we said in this episode, call 866 Hey Jill. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866 439 5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode.
5: Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laya St. Clair, and and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laya St. Clair, and me, Eves Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. I also notified Roy that he has to be a special type of man to be invited to this podcast. Yes, indeed. Yes, man,
2: well, you know, as a Unless... black man, and black women, and respect black women, and black women and black women and black women and as a man that was birthed by black women. women. <laughs> you better
5: do your hotel voice. I love it.
4: J. L is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio. Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through...
1: with Zumo Play.